Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the three-time Utah Sports Broadcaster of the Year. This is the Bill Riley Show, presented by Les Schwab Tires on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Great to be with you on a Wednesday, just getting underway here on the Bill Riley Show, live from bout time in Bluffdale today. Uh, Nate Orchard in a bit, the Mayor Emeritus of Sac Lake City, and Riley Nelson, Lynn Roberts all on the way. Uh, this segment being brought to you by our friends at Jersey Mike's. They're a sub above. Stop in and see them for lunch or dinner. Open up at 10 in the morning. Close down at night at night. There's always a Jersey Mike's location near you. Great sandwiches, hot or cold. Jersey Mike's. They are a sub above. Always look forward to this conversation. Never get enough of it. We see each other on game days once a year and talk from time to time and text too. Uh, and like I said in the opening segment, one of the things I'm going to miss about the departure and the collapse of the Pac-12 Pac is not getting to see USC every year and not getting to visit with my buddy Pete Arbogast. Pete joins us right now, longtime play-by-play voice of those USC Trojans. Peter, how are things? Riles, I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be talking to the three-time Utah Sportscaster of the Year. How, you, you have to have won this thing like 15 times, right? Uh, the, uh, loca- the location of the offices for the California voting of that is in Northern California, so I think you can <laughs> confer, infer from that that uh, – Southern Californians don't win that very often. <laughs> <laughs> so so what you're saying is Starkey and Robinson and Roy and guys like that win that thing, right? You got it. Yep. So um, you're a bit of a historian, and you've seen a lot of Pac-10, Pac-12, grew up in the Pac-8 era as well out in California. Uh, what's the most disappointing part of all this to you? We'll get into the game in a bit, but I want to just kind of walk down memory lane a bit. What's the most disappointing part about all this for you? Really, it's the going to Stanford and Cal, uh, the the weekenders that that USC took, and I don't know that that's going to be able to continue. Although I'm hoping maybe they play, you know, Stanford for two years and then Cal for two years in non-con games, depending on you know how how things shake out. I don't think we're done with all the reorganization stuff yet, even. Um, I think that's that, those are the rivals that we won't see that we really, really, really care about. Um, Washington, Oregon going with us, those are good. But Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, Colorado, those are kind of new, you know, really. Only, you know, not that old anyway. But Cal Stanford, that's a big deal. It is. And, and just the, to me, it's the history of it all too, Pete. It's the history of the 100-plus years and the great games and the Rose Bowls and the Heisman Trophies and the rivalries that just kind of go by the wayside. You know, if you look at, 
you know, you look way back in Idaho and, uh, the, you know, the St. Mary's were in the conference. So <laughs> the things, things do change from time to time. Um, I, I know you feel the same way I do about this. As long as they put my team on the field with somebody else, I'll be there. Uh, I, I'll be there to watch and cheer and, and broadcast and do all that stuff. Uh, exactly. I, I said the same thing. I, I mean, you know, it's not as if Utah has a long and storied history, but the, the 13 years in the conference have been good to this school and helped raise the profile of Utah. But I'm like you. If there's a game on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening or a basketball game on a Thursday night, I'm going to be there, whether it's the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Mountain West, the WAC, whatever it might happen to be. Doesn't, doesn't make any difference. And, and I'll say this with tongue-in-cheek firmly. Um, I'm not going to miss USC coming to uh, Rice-Eccles Stadium because it's been just a house of horrors up there for us. And that's because the Utah fans are so good, and it's at altitude. Uh, but I, I love coming to Salt Lake, and, and we've been to BYU a couple times not far down the road. Um, and it's, it's just gorgeous up there. And it, I think Salt Lake City may be the cleanest city in the United States. Uh, we, we'll miss it from that standpoint, but not from coming and getting our asses kicked. <laughs> well, I'll say this, and Utah fans have seen this as a rivalry game. It's not a rivalry game to USC. For a rivalry game, it's got to go both ways. But you know this, the last decade, really, the games have been fantastic, both at Rice-Eccles and at the Coliseum. They've come, most of them have come down to the end. There have been memorable moments, whether it was Troy Williams trying to get to the pylon or Tim Patrick catching one at the pylon or the two-point conversion a year ago. These two teams, for whatever reason, when they've matched up over the last decade, have played really some entertaining football, Peter. Well, they're both really good. Uh, you guys you know, have a great coach, and the team plays like the coach. Uh, and he recruits the guys that want to play for him and like him, and I really appreciate that. Uh, and coaching continuity cannot be understated in college athletics, let alone football. Um, they they have been great games. I remember a, a, there was a game a few years ago at the Coliseum where you guys scored, and and Whittingham said, "Okay, this is going to be the best chance we're ever going to have." So you got the ball with, on the three-yard line with one chance to win the game, and he went for two and didn't get it. And that's okay because that, you gave it a shot. Um, the, the long time ago, a, a missed field goal at the end would have tied the game, uh, and 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 uh, FC blocked it and returned it for a touchdown. You know those kind of things. They've been, they've been great games. You know, I don't. I expect this one to be just the same as. As those, I need, FC's not doing very much right now uh, on either side of the ball, really. They're really struggling to find their identity this season, and, and I think it's going to be a really good game on Saturday. Why, why do you think that is, Pete? Why, why do you think they've struggled this year? Again, the numbers aren't bad, but again, as you said, sometimes numbers can be deceiving, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Why do you think they struggled, especially last week at Notre Dame? You well, know, the matchup is bad this week. They get pushed around on the offensive line right now. Um, and, and whatever it is that other teams have figured out, everybody's watching the same film. Um, we kind of stunk it up in the second half at Colorado. Uh, then Arizona uh, scored 28 points in regulation, which is you know almost half of what we've been normally getting. And then Notre Dame, you saw that. Uh, you can't turn the ball over five times. It doesn't help any, but, but they turned it over because Williams was getting pressured like nuts and suffered six sacks and a billion tackles for loss. And the offensive line is just not doing its job right now. 
and I, I think it's as plain and simple as that. You, you know that. You, big, ugly guys up front, either side of the ball, and you, you win that battle, and you probably win the game. Well, I mean, that's what really is allowed, and you saw it from the very beginning for, for Utah to be competitive in this league before they got the, the skill level. They were always good in those trenches, and that's what allowed them to, to, to compete early on and continue to compete. And, you know, Evan Moore said this to me years ago when he was on the show with me, the former Stanford wideout and tight end. He said, you know, there's a value in knowing who you are and what you are, and Kyle Whittingham teams have always known who they are and what they are. Does Lincoln Riley know who he is right now, from a from a standpoint of from his from his personnel? Well, I know he want, what he wants to do. Uh, <laughs> I think we we all know what the offense wants to look like, and there are times when it has been very very good, even this year. Um, but there are other times where it's a, a simple three and out, and it's confounding. And the defense is the same way. It's a, uh, it, it's been beat up, and then all of a sudden they'll come out and play two or three great series. And and you think okay here we go we finally turn the corner but you don't you just don't know which group's going to take the field at any given moment so it's it's really an interesting watch because uh, okay here comes the Trojan offense what's going to happen this time you know, we don't know I don't I, they know what they want to do they just they just aren't they ha- they aren't they haven't been able to do it as often or as consistently as they want to. Pete Arbogast, our guest here on the Bill Riley Show, longtime play-by-play voice of the USC Trojans. We'll, uh, we'll be down there on Saturday. Me and Scott and Sly will have our pregame coverage beginning at about 4 o'clock. Nate and Porter started here at 2 o'clock. Um, when it has gone well this year, and again, you know, it's funny, sometimes a loss can change the, the view of where you are, but when it has gone well, when the Trojans have played well, what, what's it been? Is it what we saw most of last year? Yeah, yeah, same stuff. Caleb running around uh, like that kid you hate to chase around in junior high on on the blacktop, and and then finding any one of a number of talented receivers, uh, and occasionally you'll get Marshawn Lloyd, the transfer from South Carolina, or or Austin Jones, who's been here for a couple of years out of Stanford. Uh, they'll they'll get the ball. We don't run the ball as much as we probably should, but when you got Caleb Williams at quarterback, probably that's okay. He hasn't been running as much this year as, as he did last year. I don't know if that's uh, uh, because he got hurt uh, and, he, and he's not, not happy running or, or he's just been told not to or that the situations just aren't there for him. Once in a while he'll go, uh, but most of the time he's just been sitting back there trying, trying to pick you down. Uh, and he's got some guys that he can throw to for sure. Uh, and, and then there's this kid, Zachariah Branch, who has not – you haven't seen him. You've only seen him on tape and on film. He's a, he's kind of a Dory Jackson, Reggie Bush like. He's only a freshman, but I mean, every time he touches the ball, you're sitting up and saying, "Okay, here he is. Look out! You're going to throw him the ball out of the backfield. Maybe even hand him the ball off in the backfield, and and punt returns and kick returns. Any moment is a is a possibility of a, of a return for a touchdown." Yeah, it, it's funny watching him run. I was lucky enough when I many years ago before I was in the position I am and now, I was on the BYU broadcast doing sidelines. Those two times that the Cougars played the, the Trojans, one down at the Coliseum, I think it was 03 and then 04 in Provo, and I got to see Reggie Bush fieldside doing sidelines. And yeah. there was a way he ran and a gait that he had and a gear that he had and when I saw Zachariah Branch play in those first couple of games this year and he got the ball in his mm-hmm. hand in the open field, 
again, I, I don't want to put that on him too soon, but his style and his gait and the way he was in the open field reminded me a lot of number five. Yeah, a little, little thinner, uh, yep. uh, but just as just as elusive. He, he returned a kickoff early in the season. I remember he just kind of he grabbed it at the goal line and sort of ran at, at our speed, you know, just kind of slowly loping up the field to about the 20-yard line, waiting for something to develop, and he saw it, and it was the quickest first couple of steps in an open field that I've ever seen. It, it went it went from running like us to running like a, a, an antelope in two steps, <laughs> and and he was gone. You, and you knew he was gone as soon as he picked up the speed like that. He was like, oh, here he goes. He's a, oh, oh, oh my gosh, like that. It was unbelievable to watch. Uh, Pete, defensively, uh, they caught a little flack last year. They were a little leaky in some games at the end of the a year. Little. Well, I'm trying to be nice. Uh, last week, it wasn't so much the defense; it was short fields. But um, is there is there anything tangibly different uh, defensively? You see them all the time. I see highlights and maybe some game film. But is there anything different? Do you feel like they're any better defensively this year than they were a year ago? Well, they've got some better guy uh, and and depth. They didn't have any depth last year at all. And they picked up Christian Roland Wallace, who's playing pretty well at corner out of Arizona. Um, they probably lost one of their safeties last week, Max Williams. So it's going to be a, a, you know, Kalen Bullock is really good at one side, but the other side they're going to have to figure out who to put there, and, and maybe it's going to be a committee of guys. Um, they picked up a guy from Georgia State, which is not a big school, but he's been playing really well. And Jamil Muhammad and Bear Alexander, who transferred in from Georgia, has been uh, fantastic up front. So they've got some, they got some new guys. Mason Cobb is starting at, at, at middle linebacker from Oklahoma State. Um, better, better talent, better talent. Uh, you mentioned the Notre Dame game, and really, it, it, we couldn't tell whether or not they were good. They looked like they were flying around better and tackling better and trying to not shoulder tackle you and grab you up top and stuff like that last week. It looked like they, the message got through. It looked like they played better last week in, on defense, but those, as you mentioned, those short fields. Uh, it's hard to tell. If they were long fields, does Notre Dame drive the long field? Because they didn't have any trouble with the short field. Uh, they were getting pushed around a little, a little bit too. But I think it's a, be- I think it's a better defense. Uh, they, they've given up a lot of long passes um, and some outside runs, but a lot of that happened in the earlier portion of the season um, before Colorado. Against Arizona, they were better. Against Notre Dame, they were better. It looks like they're coming along. I guess that's what I'm saying. looks like they're coming along, and it's a good time to do that. It sure is, because if you don't come along soon, it's it might be too late to get what you want to get done uh, if you're USC. Is the area to keep an eye on this week, the offensive line against that Utah defensive line in your mind? Got to be. Got to be. Yeah, sure. And and, and I, don't, I don't know that there's a ton of depth up there. Uh, so the, the guys that are there are the guys that are there. I don't know. They don't. They play like the five guys across the front and maybe one more on the right tackle, and and they haven't been playing many other guys. So there's there's not a lot of guys to go to if if you get in trouble here. They lost they lost uh, Brett Nealon to injury at the start of the season, so that didn't help. And they they lost Gino Quinones, who was starting at left guard, so they've got a new guy in there as well. But they should have gelled by now. They, they've gelled as well as they're going to gel probably. Uh, they just have to keep getting better and, and hoping. Maybe they got to leave some extra, extra blockers in uh, to help out 
I, I think that might be the way to go, and you might see some more tight end blocking, that kind of thing, the, for this week's game anyway. A couple of non-related game things for you. I was asking the audience as I was doing my game prep, you know, starting it last night on USC, I just – you know, even though the, there were two losses last year, I was just wildly impressed with Caleb Williams. Um, you you go back to the Pac-10 days as a broadcaster, Pac-8 days as a fan. Who, who's the be- in your opinion, who was the best player conference-wide of the Pac-12 era that you saw? I think it's Williams with McCaffrey a very close second. But for you, who's, who's the best player of the Pac-12 era? Well, I liked uh, Marcus Mariota a lot. <laughs> he just beat us up. Uh, we we had no answer for that guy. Um, individual player. I mean, you know, G.O.J. Simpson was pretty good, you know. Uh, there's there's yeah. a guy with world class world class speed, size, and agility. It's just a ridiculous combination. Um, there's been a lot. Mostly, we get we get asked about who's the best quarterback in SC history, and you know, Caleb may very well be that with the whole package, his ability to to, to create is uh, uh, unmatched by anybody before. It's hard to b- vote against Matt Leiner because he won two national championships. Um, but this guy, this guy's special uh, if you give him the time. And that's what's going to make him a great NFL player because they've got offensive line there that are going to protect him. Last year's SC offensive line was better than this year's, and, the, and, and it showed. The, the, the Trojans lost the game up there. It was a great game. The, every fan will tell you they think SC was going to win the Pac-12 championship game until he got hurt. Um, and then after that, it just the wheels fell off. Um, he's really good. He's really good. And, uh, he's all, you're only as good as your offensive line, though, and, and that's that's what it's going to come down to for the SC offense this week. And, you know, we think the other way. Utah's offense isn't all that. They haven't scored a lot of points this year. So is it going to be a low-scoring game? Is it going to be a wild shootout? My head's going to explode. I don't know. <laughs> well, he'll, he'll be able to call it. By the way, before I let you go, uh, Pete, Pete is also a boyhood, childhood friend of one Andy Reid, the, the head yeah. coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we've seen that video, the punt, pass, and kick video of Andy <laughs> Reid yeah. down through the years. Uh, Andy obviously has some ties to both the Utah program because he and Kyle Whittingham are very good friends, and Kyle's son's on his coaching staff, but obviously played at BYU and was a, a Lavelle Edwards disciple. Um when, when did you have an idea Andy might be a, a pretty good, not only football player, but also pretty good football coach? Well, we, we you know, he was, when I coached him, I was in 10th grade and he was in 5th. He grew up <laughs> two houses away. And so he was in the grade school that I went to, and I was in high school and coached that grade school team. And, and he was bigger than I was then, <laughs> by far. The, my favorite story about that is that he would hang around Marshall High, our high school, uh, as, as a kid. And, and, you know, shag balls for Mike Haynes, uh, the, the all-pro from the Raiders in Arizona State. And Mike turned to him one day, and, and he said, why didn't you come out for football this year? He's a monster. He's a he's 6'1 already and probably coming up on 200 pounds. And, he's in, and, and Andy turned to Mike Haynes and said, because I'm in sixth grade? <laughs> and, and, uh, and Mike just stopped where he was in his tracks. Uh, He's, he, and by the way, grew up a big SC fan. We used to go to SC games together with, with the neighborhood kids and, and a couple of parents who would drive us to the games and buy us the cheap seats in the end zone. Um, we knew he was going to be a good player. He wanted to go to SC, but, but probably wasn't good enough. He went to junior college at Glendale, junior college in L.A., 
and then uh, and then wound his way around. I don't know. I guess when he, he hooked on with a former SC quarterback, Mike Holmgren, as a coach, uh, and, and kind of rode those coattails and learned the ropes there, and then he became better and better and better at it. And by the time he got to Green Bay, he knew what he was doing, and then he became a head coach. It, it, it's it's funny what your life turns into, and it's turned out great for Andy Reid, that's for sure. And and uh, not doing bad in the commercial business either, by the way. Yeah, he's, thanks to his quarterback, he's done okay riding the coattails of that number fifteen. That's never a bad way to go. Um, yeah, Peter Arbogast, go. Uh, uh, you, it's turned out pretty well for you too, my friend. Uh, I appreciate you coming on today. I look forward to seeing you and the crew on Saturday down there. Always look forward to uh, talking to you guys in, in the booth. Uh, as you said, we make scant number of friends in this business. Uh, there are only 12 of us in the Pac-12, and, and I don't know the new guys. There are a couple of new guys that I haven't – I don't even know the Cal guy at all because he's brand new. But, you know, like the Washington had a new guy a couple of years ago. But there are some of us who have been around a little bit of time, and, and we create these friendships that are funny because we only talk a few times a year uh, but feel pretty closely attached to each other that way. And that's going to be, that's the other thing that I'm going to miss is the relationships built up with guys like you uh, and, and Brian Jeffries at Arizona, Tim Healy at Arizona state guys that have been around for a long time and you, you get to come to know it's that that's kind of a sad part of that. Well, see you on Saturday, Peter. Thank, thanks again. Can't wait. Can't wait. You bet. There he is, the voice of the Trojans, and my friend Pete Arbogast here on the – he's right. It's, it's, it's funny how this business works, but you make these friends, and you only see each other a few times a year, but then you get together and talk, and it's like you haven't been apart for a long time. So we'll have one more swan song, at least for the short term. I don't know if Utah and USC will schedule non-con games. Not likely, but we'll see. Hopefully not the last time I ever get to call a game at the Coliseum this weekend. We're live today. Oh, we're going to bring Jackie over in a minute, find out what's going on here. About time in Bluffton. It's a beautiful day and a beautiful venue. If you've not been here yet, we'll tell you all about it. Coming up, Bill Riley Show. Nate Orchard in about uh, 15 here on ESPN 700. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.